Six losses later, the Mariners are back in the win column, but snapping their losing streak may not have been the biggest story on Sunday. All that and more here on today's episode of Locked On Mariners. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Monday, May 9th, 2022, and this is the Locked On Mariners podcast brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered all season long with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. Thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. I am your host, Teddy Gonzalez, reporter and editor over at allseahawks.com. Joined as always by my co host, Colby Patnode. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dan Gonzalez, that's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at C-Pat11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. Be sure to also check out our Patreon, where we talk about the Mariners even more, and also get into some non-baseball talk twice a week. Visit patreon.com forward slash control the zone for more information on that if you are interested and want more of us. And if this is your first time joining us here on the Lockdown Mariners podcast, welcome to the show. If you like what you hear, give us a follow or a subscribe wherever you're listening to this, and if you're watching us on YouTube, hit the subscribe button, turn on the notification bell and give this video a thumbs up we greatly appreciate it we're going to be talking about the impact of tom murphy's injury on today's show the mariners also have a rare series with the phillies starting tonight we'll get you set for that but first we got to talk about george kirby who made his major league debut in yesterday's two to one win over the rays on mother's day kirby goes six innings scoreless seven strikeouts zero walks 55 strikes on 81 pitches, 15 of those swinging. No Mariners pitcher has ever done what Kirby has done in their major league debut. Colby, what worked for him? Uh, The fastball, uh, more than anything. Um, 48 fastballs, nine of them were called strikes. He got 27 swings on the heater, 13 whiffs. So basically half of the fastballs that were swung at were missed by by the Rays on uh, Sunday um, everything just really built off of that that pitch um, the slider was kind of his go-to uh, secondary pitch in this outing uh, it's the one he feels the best about he tunnels it very well with the fastball um, and it's the velocity is not so great that the fastball you know averaged about 96 we saw some 93 94 for a lot for a stretch but we also saw some 97 um, 98 once or twice I think um, but you look at the fastball, it was 96. The slider was between 88 and 90 most of the night um, mm-hmm. or most of the day, and they were coming out of the exact same arm slot. Um, they just tunneled really well. So the Rays had to respect the slider, uh, which is why the fastball played up more than it normally would because Kirby's got a good fastball, but it's not like a mm-hmm. Logan Gilbert fastball where it's his best pitch. Um it's it's not explosive. It doesn't run super crazy like some other guys. It, it's not straight, but it's it's certainly not a an eighty grade fastball. But yesterday, that's eighty grade results on the fastball. Um, so it was really it was coming off of the slider. Uh, the reason they had to respect the slider is that he was able to throw for strikes. Mm-hmm. He got five called strikes on on the slider. He got one whiff. Uh, he got uh, ten swings on it. Uh, I mean, he threw 20, 20 sliders. Um, it appears 15 were for strikes, which is, you know, a lot. So, um, 
it it was the fastball and the slider. He threw a few changeups, a few curveballs, um, particularly the changeup. He threw a couple to Wander Franco, including in a 3-0 and 3-1 count, you know, to one of the best hitters in baseball. Um, and he just challenged him with a changeup. So, uh, yeah, it was the fastball slider show for Kirby. Um, ironically enough, the curveball might end up being his best pitch, but right now he really just is locked in with that slider. And mm-hmm. when you're throwing it from the same tunnel as you are the fastball, it's it's very difficult to in a split decision if you're a hitter to decide whether or not it's the slider or the changeup, um, and as a result, the Rays whiffed on a lot of fastballs uh, that were that were you know generally well placed by Kirby. They, these weren't fastballs down the middle of the plate either. So um, mm-hmm. it's it's about his control. It's about his command, and it was really about those two pitches this time out. Uh, in the future, he'll have to throw the changeup and the curveball a little bit more. But hey. You don't mess with what was working yesterday, and it worked for six, you know, brilliant innings. So mm-hmm. uh, it was just—I I don't know if you could ask for anything else from uh, a guy making his major league debut. And as you were saying, you know, with the control, with the command, um, mm-hmm. you know, those are you know some of his calling cards. And now, you know, it's uh, it's weird to say that someone looked vintage in their major league debut, but I mean, anyone who's watched George Kirby pitch down the minors knows that this was pretty much vintage George Kirby. This is everything that he comes as advertised. And um, he looked fantastic. Um, 55 strikes and 81 pitches, like I said. 15 of those swings and misses. It's just, you don't see that out of a guy making his major league debut. Um, I know you got asked this last night in your AMA that you do on the Control the Zone Twitter account. Uh, but who would you say had the uh, the better major league debut out of George Kirby and Matt Brash? Uh, Kirby, it's not close either. Mm-hmm. Um, Kirby was obviously sensational. He did it with his fastball. Um, Brash was was good. Don't get me wrong, but there's a lot of sliders. It was a lot of chases. It was first time out. Uh, we know how nasty Brash's stuff is, um, and he just basically it was the slider and the curveball, mostly the curveball in that first outing. Didn't really get a lot out of the fastball, um, you know. Worked a few deep counts, which Kirby really didn't. Um, he was able to go deeper, uh, throw more strikes. Uh, so for me, the answer is Kirby. It's it's not all that close. That's not to say that Brash wasn't good. It's just Kirby was that much better um, mm. than Brash was, and it it, it certainly seems more um, repeatable than what Brash did is, especially when you look at Brash's control issues. Um, those aren't going to come into play with, with Kirby now. This, there's a good chance that this is the best outing we see from Kirby all year. I mean, mm-hmm. 14 with 13 whiffs on your fastball, that's highly unlikely to be repeated. But either way, you, you know, either way you want to spin it, we, we definitely saw Brash's best start of the year, his first time out. Yeah. Um, so yeah. we'll see what happens. The league is going to adjust, which is why Kirby's going to have to throw a slider and his changeup a little bit more. But just in terms of comparing those two starts, you know, Brash, you could say maybe did it against a little bit better of a lineup, but mm-hmm. the Rays aren't a slouch. They're not, you know, yeah. a bad lineup whatsoever. Um, so, and Kirby just frankly dominated uh, them. And honestly, my favorite thing about Kirby's start is that <laughs> is that when he was when this is this is crazy. Um, he fell behind three zero to three different hitters, uh, those three hitters went 0 for 3. Fell behind 2-0 to five hitters, they went 0 for 5. 
fell behind 1-0 to 10 guys, they got one hit. It was a single. Wow. So when Kirby was behind in the count, uh, there were – when he was behind in the count in any, in any you know situation, one whatever, uh, 1-0, 2-0, 3-0, when he was behind in those counts, uh, the Rays were uh, one for eight total. Wow. So, I mean – I, I just like that's a guy who fell behind and then he didn't always give in with the fastball. We saw a couple three Oh changeups and sliders, uh, but the fastball, he got back in the count with it and he wasn't just throwing it down the middle of the plate. He was hitting the corners. He was up and down inside, outside. Uh, and that's, that's incredibly mature because I feel like when you watch somebody like say Matt Brash or even Logan Gilbert lately, he gets to two Oh three one. And you're like, well, he's probably walking this guy. Um, Kirby was not. I mean, it just, just insane. Yeah. When, His ability to throw strikes in those situations and to throw them effectively, right? Not just you know trying to just catch the zone by any means necessary. It's 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 there's a reason behind it. There there's yeah. purpose with those pitches. Um, that's the thing that separates him. That's the thing that has separated him early on in his professional career down in the minors. And uh, that's what I would assume is going to separate him at the major league level as well, whether that's now, whether that's down the road. But we certainly saw a glimpse of that yesterday. And the Mariners needed a start like this because the bats went cold again because, of, of course, they did. They didn't score their first run of the game until they had two outs left in the bottom of the ninth. Abraham Toro with a solo home run to knock things up and send things to extras. Uh, Paul Seawald came through with a big uh, scoreless inning in the top of the 10th uh, to set up Ty France's walk-off single uh, in the bottom half. But yeah, the uh, the Mariners finally ended their six-game losing skid, um, which is huge. We're actually talking about a win on today's episode of Lockdown Mariners, which is, uh, <laughs> it's nice. It's been, it's been a long time. It's been 84 years as the, uh, the meme goes, but uh, yeah, it's, it's nice to finally talk about a win here and, um, but the the six days that led up to this moment were pretty pretty brutal to watch. And one of those last days, one of those last losses included the loss of Tom Murphy as well, who dislocated his left shoulder on Friday night. We're going to be talking about the impact of his injury in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder: this episode of Lockdown Mariners is brought to you by Bet Online. Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NLF futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. Bet online is where the game starts. You're listening to Locked On Mariners. Thank you again for making us your first listen of the day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. There are recaps of MLB games and analysis from our local experts. Uh, taking fans through the season like no other network. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts just like us. I also just realized in the bet online ad, they uh, they misspelled NFL in our ad. And so <laughs> I read that as NLF as they had it in there. But we were talking about NFL futures in that ad read. So let's uh, let's talk about Tom Murphy here, who is going to be out for some time. 
um, with a left dislocated shoulder. That is incredibly brutal for the Mariners on a couple of levels. One, because Murphy was actually hitting pretty well at the plate for the most part. He had kind of slowed down a little bit here as of late, but was still contributing uh, offensively. Um, this also means that they've had to bring up Cal Raleigh, who they just recently sent down and try with hopes of giving him what Jerry DePoto said, uh, called a life preserver. And, uh, you know, because obviously Raleigh was, was struggling mightily at the, uh, major league level. He was also not able to play, uh, that often. That obviously is going to be fixed a little bit here. He's going to get into the lineup a little bit more. Uh, but Luis Torrens right now is the number one catcher. Coley, I, I mean, it, it seems like there's probably not going to be an opportunity for them to figure uh, or to you know fix this thing from the outside, uh, at least right now. Um, but I mean, if that opportunity presents itself, no matter what the situation or, or you know when do they need to maybe jump on that? To I mean, because again, like I said, they were trying to give Cal Raleigh a life preserver here. Uh, they don't want him up, it seems. So, but they kind of just have to right now. So, uh, do you just roll with Brian O'Keefe later on down the line if Raleigh continues to struggle, or do you just do what you can to try and get someone like Wilson Contreras, someone like that? Uh, yeah, I'd be pretty aggressive on the on the trade market. Um, kind of the issue with that is that there's not a lot of good catchers available, um, and the ones that are typically aren't getting traded um the wilson Contreras is a pretty good uh he's, he's kind of rare actually and we don't know if the cubs are are ready to sell yet or not um so i don't know if he's actually available uh, it doesn't sound like there's going to be an extension done i fully expect him to get to free agency and the cubs might just trade him anyways so it's, it's kind of rare when you have a catcher of that quality at least offensively um that is available because uh, typically those guys are either on good teams or they have multiple years left and catching so valuable you just don't really want to give it away um so I, i'd be pretty aggressive on that assuming that the cubs are open to it um but you know short of that there just aren't a lot of options out there that are clear and obvious upgrades um so if the time comes where i need to send cal raleigh back down then yeah i'm probably just gonna roll with o'keefe um he's a pretty good defender at least um, and Terence has been really solid behind the plate as well. So at the very least, maybe hopefully Luis figures it out at the plate a little bit more. Um, and that could happen with more playing time. And the further he gets away from his, uh, you know, the week or so he missed with, with COVID. Um, but we'll see. And if, if he doesn't, you know, hit like he did last year, then you at least need that spot to be manned by, competent defenders and Luis Terrence has proven that that's what he is throughout mm -hmm. another guy yesterday. Um, you know, continues to work very well with the young pitchers. Uh, so if he can turn it on, great. If he, if he can't, well, he's still contributing defensively and O'Keefe can do the same. You just can't have a black hole, a catcher and there are stretches where that's what Raleigh is. Um, yeah. and he's not a good enough defender to just kind of cover that up. So I'd mm -hmm. be pretty aggressive on Contreras. I, I, you know, check in on, I'm sure the Mariners have talked about other guys too. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know if Sean Murphy's actually going to be available or not, but check in, you know, you never know what's going to happen and, and don't be surprised if they make a, a small deal for, you know, a 28 year old catcher we've never heard of who's going to go to AAA. Well, yeah, in all likelihood, that's probably going to be the outcome. Cause at yeah. some point you are probably going to get Tom Murphy back this season. Um, yeah. 
you know, because uh, assuming that there's no further structural damage there. Also, it's not his throwing arm, so that's good. Um, yeah. But Helps. yeah, you know, yeah. But obviously, any sort of injury to the upper body is, is bad for for catchers. Um, but um, yeah, um, so I would assume that probably at the end of the day, we're we're going to see like a deal like you you described there. Uh, the Mariners got a little bit fortunate, though, with another injury that occurred uh, with uh, J.P. Crawford, who had to leave um, Saturday night's game. But it turns out just back spasms, which still sucks, but uh, not something that is probably going to put him on uh, the 10-day injured list. Uh, he's day-to-day right now. He obviously missed yesterday's game. Dylan Moore stepped in for him, had a decent game, too. In his uh, in his place, but um, we'll see. <laughs> he got the bunt. Your favorite play. He got the bunt down. <laughs> he also he also at what, all. was yesterday the uh, <clears throat> was yesterday the day that he hit that ball to deep left center and Brent Phillips made the catch yes. at the warning track. Yeah. Yes, it was. Yeah. It's still an out, and even the productive out, out really didn't matter because Ty France lined the left field corner, which would have scored anyone anyway. So. Yay, productive out. That did not help you win a game at all. Neat. Uh, I mean, you know, it, it it got them the win like two seconds earlier than it would have. No, it didn't. <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, JP's good, at least so it seems. They should have him back in short order, I would assume. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe tonight we'll see. Would like for him to get back tonight with uh, the Phillies coming to town. You know, I want to see the J.P. Crawford revenge series. Uh, we we need it. The the people deserve that. Uh, this would be his first time going up against the Phillies since being traded uh, by yeah. Philadelphia. So that would be uh, that would be cool. And he's been red hot so far to start the year. Um, let's also check in on uh, Kyle Lewis. What can you tell me about Kyle Lewis right now and his uh, recovery? Sure. So uh, we, I think we all know by now in his first swing of his of his rehab stand he had a home run um went three for five that day went back out the next day played left field for seven innings they took him out that was the plan um then he got a scheduled day off and then he was supposed to play the day after that but they scratched him late which caused some concern um it was raining pretty hard in the area apparently uh, so there maybe have been some field condition concerns with him um or maybe it was just, hey, let's just be ultra careful here. But either way, he's now played in the last two games consecutively. He had another home run the other day. Um, he is so far in, in 18 plate appearances. He is hitting 353, 389, 765, which the numbers really don't matter. Um, yeah. He's hitting the ball hard. He's hitting the tall fields. One of the home runs was in the opposite field. Um, so really, again, it's just about getting his timing down. It's just about making sure he's 100, percent you know, ready to go and, and play four or five times a week. And and I think one of the big uh, hurdles left to clear is can he play, um, you know, three days in a row? Uh, can he, you know, left field DH left field or whatever it is? Can he do that? And I think once he proves that he can do that, and then still be relatively healthy enough to play a fourth day if needed, then I think that's when we can really start to have this conversation. But uh, yeah, he's four games. Four games in, he's got five days total, so uh, two weeks to go. Um, but again, the Mariners have an option on Lewis. If they don't feel like he's ready after this this rehab stint, they can just option him down to Triple A Tacoma and keep him down there. Um, but it, it, everything seems to be tracking towards him uh, coming back to the big leagues 
uh, when his rehab assignment is uh, officially over and mm-hmm. the Mariners could use him. So, so far, mostly good. Uh, Lewis also scored uh, yesterday, uh, slid into home. We, we know the history of Lewis sliding into home and obviously with the new yeah. knee injury and all that stuff, but uh, he was fine. Popped right up. Uh, no, no concerns there. So it uh, looks like he's pretty good. Again, it's just a matter of making sure he can play, you know, fairly frequently without mm-hmm. re-injuring himself or without too much wear and tear. Yeah. Um, and so they're, they're going to be cautious. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if he plays today. I don't know if the Rainiers are off today or not. Um, but if he is, if he, if they are playing and he does, he is in the lineup, that would be three days in a row, which would be mm-hmm. a pretty good sign for, for where he's at right now. Yeah, so I would say next homestand, uh, start a next homestand might be a good mark. Maybe Boston. Um, when they go to Boston after the Toronto yeah, series, maybe more than likely, uh, next homestand. Yeah. So, uh, we're, we're getting closer. We're getting closer and he would be a huge help. Like you, like you said, like we've talked about, you know, we, we talked about him quite a bit on, on last week's slate of, uh, locked on Mariners episodes. And, uh, yeah, we'll continue to say it. That would be a, a huge, huge boost for this team right now, offensively, uh, and, you know, in particular. So, uh, the Mariners have the Phillies. Coming to town tonight should be interesting. Don't really get to see the Phillies much, uh, so uh, that should be a lot of fun. We're going to be talking about that, getting you set for tonight's game in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder, this episode of Lockdown Mariners is brought to you by Built Bar. Summer is coming, and with summer, you're going to need some food on the go. And Built Bars are the perfect snack to take with you on family vacations. Just throw them in your bags, in your kids' backpacks. Make sure that everyone has a bar so you are fueled for your summer adventures. And the best part about Built Bars, they're healthy and delicious. So no more sacrificing delicious food for health. With Built Bar, you can have both. And it's easy. All you have to do is go to Built.com and order right now. All Built Bars and Puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means with Built Bar, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. Most Bilt Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Now compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. So go to Bilt.com to get all your favorites, banana cream pie, raspberry, double chocolate, and so many more. They are all delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. So check them out at Bilt.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. Again, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off your order at Bilt.com. So we got the uh, Phillies coming to T-Mobile Park tonight, and we have uh, Robbie Ray. Uh, or no, it's actually not Robbie Ray tonight. It's going to be Chris Flexen tonight. Uh, I yep. thought the plan was uh, to, have, to have Ray on the bump. That's interesting. All right, so we got Chris Flexen on the bump. Never mind. Uh, against Ranger Suarez, who's been solid this year for the Phillies. Phillies right now, though, scuffling. 12 and, six, uh, 12 and 16. Pretty much in the same spot as the Mariners, where they are incredibly talented just underperforming right now um the offense has been pretty solid though for them jt real muto kyle schwarber alec Baum, bryce harper nick cassianos gene segura uh, dd gregorius they're all over uh wrc plus of 100 right now uh but yeah the um the big news with them though is that zach wheeler and uh, and zach eflin are now on the covid list so neither one of those guys will be appearing for the Phillies. I believe that Eflin was not supposed to pitch in the series, but Wheeler was. So that's kind of a big help for the Mariners. Uh, they are going to face Aaron Nola tomorrow, though. We'll talk about that tomorrow, of course. But uh, yeah, so Flexen gets an extra day of rest here to make way for Kirby's debut yesterday. Uh, what are you hoping to see out of Chris? Yeah, just kind of uh, keep doing what you've been doing. 
Um, <clears throat> it's it's a going to be a pretty. I mean, obviously, you know, you have to watch out for Harper. Um, he can take mm-hmm. over a game in a matter of seconds. Um, and Schwarber, tremendous power as well. So those two lefties are going to are going to be uh, kind of the the dangerous bats to watch. Obviously, Castellanos is a good hitter. Uh, he's he's struggling a little bit right now. Alec Baum is off to a great start. Another lefty. Um, so there are going to be some lefties in this lineup that is are going to necessitate Flexen to have his good cutter. And that's really the, the pitch that matters the most. If Flexen has his good cutter, um, he'll keep you in this game. If he doesn't, uh, it could get ugly pretty early, but that's you know pretty much the scouting report on Flexen regardless of who pitches. So it's right. really not that uh, big of a, a, a you know difference between matchup for Flexen. If he has the cutter, He's got a shot. If he doesn't, I mean, he better have a plus changeup or it's going to get real ugly real fast. So uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, but uh, it does feel like uh, this is a decent matchup for Flexen, but it's certainly not one that you can kind of, you know, kind of lackadaisically pitch against. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like he's got to yeah. be aggressive with the cutter and it, it has to be a quality pitch um, because particularly Schwarber and, and Harper, you, you leave one of those suckers middle in it's, it's going a long way. So yeah, yeah, you have to be aggressive, but you have to get in on their hands. So we'll see what, uh, what style or what uh, type of pitcher we get uh, from Chris Flexen, but he's probably been your most consistent starter all year. So uh, you have to feel reasonably good about it at least. Yeah. Um, you want to get into this bullpen too. Um, it is top 10 right now in F4, but you look at some of the numbers, 3.56 FIP, 4.43 ERA. They're walking basically four guys uh, per nine. It's not a great unit. Um, so want to try to get into this bullpen here, especially with guys like Aaron Nola on the bump. Uh, Suarez mm-hmm. can be had. Uh, he has looked good at times this year, but he can be had. Uh, 4.63 ERA for, for Ranger Suarez heading into this game. Um, but yeah, they, um, this is a good opportunity for the Mariners to hopefully string together some wins here and make up for that losing streak, uh, that they had, um, best way that you could do that to make up for that losing streak, go win six in a row. That'd be a good way to start, (laughs) but let's take it one game at a time though. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the the starting pitching probables for the Mets series, uh, Max Scherzer, Chris Bassett, Carlos Carrasco. So, well, even even if they were coming out with uh, you know whoever you know me, I could be pitching. The Mariners would still uh, you know maybe only get one run. So in that situation, so does it yeah, really okay. change anything? Okay. Does it really? But seriously, does it really change anything? Who's on the bump for the other team? Does it really with the Mariners right now? Does yep. it? Oh. <laughs> It's been yeah, it's, it's been rough to to say the least though. It, it's been rough for the offense lately. They did have a good yeah. night the other night though, before you know Manuel Margot tapped into his uh Salvador Perez and uh, snatched our souls. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, side note, huge, huge uh respect and, and admiration is due to Paul Seawald, who absolutely got torched and lit up and in all probability cost the Mariners, you know, at least a series split, which would have been huge for momentum right now uh he was bad and then what does he do he comes out yesterday uh guy on second you know the little league uh x-training rules as as jason churchill likes to call it absolute nails 
pure nails, yep. you know, doesn't give up a run, doesn't allow the guy to advance even. Uh, and just absolutely incredible. So uh, that's that's what uh, great relievers do. So uh, Paul Seawald certainly is putting himself in that uh, category. So wanted to make sure we gave him some uh, some credit here before the end of the show. Yeah, absolutely. That's one of your leaders, and uh, mm-hmm. he's handled himself in a very uh, leadership uh, um you know, way uh, over the last couple of days, you know, like you said, he gets knocked around the one night, basically loses the game for them after a huge momentum swing too. probably one of the best moments of the season. Had they won that game, we'd be looking back on uh, with the Jerry Kelnick's pinch hit home run. Mm-hmm. Instead, they end up losing that game um, because, uh, you know, Seawald obviously gets torched for the, for the three run shot against Margot. And uh, again, stop pitching to Manuel Margot. At least, thankfully, for now, they are done with Manuel Margot uh, for this year, barring a trade. Um, maybe they should have listened to us and traded for Manuel Margot this offseason. Just a thought. Us? Us? Well, I mean, I liked him. <laughs> I liked him. <laughs> I feel like that was mostly a me thing, but yeah, sure, mm-hmm. whatever. I, you know, we're a package deal here. You know, it's like no. uh, it's like a marriage. Your 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 money is my money, and my money is your money, right? 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 Since when? Mm, since four years ago, when we started podcasting, we we entered a uh, binding contract. It's hmm. interesting. Yeah. So when can I expect my split of the all Seahawks money? Hmm. That's what I thought. And that's going to do it for our show today. Thank you, so <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. For Colby Patnode, I'm Tidying Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dan Gonzalez, at C-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen of the day. Just like you do here every day, we greatly appreciate your support. Now make your second listen of the day, the Locked On ML. B podcast. That's where Paul Francis Sullivan and please call him Sully brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues present and past. It's free wherever you get your podcast, just like us. So have yourself a beautiful baseball day and we will see you tomorrow. Peace.